Welcome to Therapy Extended with Liza Young. Before we get started with our guest, I want to let you know about an online video course that I created called Toxic Free Relationship. I'm so excited about this course. I really have no doubt that it can be life-changing. It is designed to help you determine if your relationship is toxic and what to do about it. It includes several videos, worksheets, and resources to help you navigate your relationship and guide you toward hope and healing. Learn more at www.lizayoungcounseling.com. Now let's get to our guest for today. Sarah is a certified professional and relationship coach. She's been doing this professionally for about nine years. During that time, she has contracted with numerous helping professionals, spoken at national conferences, all with the focus of, <clears throat> excuse me, of helping others transform their lives as they grow to know, trust, and empower themselves, especially those who have lost themselves due to experiencing gaslighting within their relationships. Uh, Sarah engages her role as a gaslight specialist and creates a space where curiosity really sets the tone for self-awareness and awareness of others. She provides clients with tools to find their truth and voice more deeply through their three main areas of um, th- her three main areas of focus, which are understanding gaslighting from a new definition, rediscovering core values, and how to create and implement healthy boundaries. So, Sarah, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for helping. Have helping. Thank you for having me, Liza. Yeah, yeah I'm so glad that you're doing this, and I think it is. It's such a needed topic to really understand. So tell us, just diving right in, tell us kind of how long you've been working with with and studying gaslighting, your definition around it. Yeah. So um, I have been working with gaslighting for about seven and a half years. Um, what happened was I was working as a coach in a therapy practice, a small therapy practice here in Austin, Texas, and, um, my boss and a colleague were about to do a, um, um, an intensive on gaslighting and I had never heard of it. Um, and so to prepare for it, they handed me Dr. Robin Stern's book, the gaslight effect, um, and told me to read the book basically. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Right. Like, didn't know, uh, you know, what I was about to read, didn't know how it would change my life. Um, and when I first began to read it, I was like, oh, wow, this is, this is what I experienced in my, in my marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I got hungry to know and to understand more. And it was one of those things, you know, as you, as you learn something new as a, as a coach or a therapist or something in the helping profession, you kind of learn as you're working with your clients, right? Um, It broadens your picture because you're not just seeing it from your perspective or your experience, but you're seeing it from others. Um, So as I kind of started my coaching, I was like a pinball in a pinball machine, like bing, 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 like all of the things I wanted to do all of them and help in every area, intimacy, anorexia, and this, you know, like all the, but when I came across gaslighting and really started to work with my clients and in my own life on the topic of gaslighting, it more than anything else was something that helped me shift the power, both in my own self and in my, my clients' relationships. Yeah. Wow. Um, what, what is your definition? Like when you started out and you kind of got an understanding of gaslighting, um, and the definitions out there, 
you you kind of transformed it kind of with your own experience and your you know with yourself and your clients what is your definition of gaslighting yeah well let me preface that if i may by just saying that for me when i was when i was working with the definition that i had like dr robin stern's book and the things that we've had it was a great place to start but what i saw with the clients i was working in it was it they tried to make it like a one size fits all thing. And it's not a one size fits all topic, right? Like, um, and what I, what I came across was so many women, two things being confused by the definitions of gaslighting that were out there and scared by the definitions of gaslighting that were out there Um, because they would read these lists. They would read these blogs or articles or 10 signs you're in a gaslighting relationship and different things like that. And they would resonate with like maybe two or three of them. Um, But some of the other things they, it wouldn't resonate. So they thought, Oh, well, I must not be gas. I must not be in gaslit then. So what is happening in my relationship? And when I would work with them, I'm like, no, actually you are being gaslit. It's just these aspects of it aren't part of your experience. So that's what kind of led me to be like, there has to be a better way to capture what gaslighting actually is. And so I'm a real big science and math geek. Like those are my favorite topics in, in uh, school. And so I have this like equation brain as well as the, you know, I, like I loved going into the labs and looking things from every direction, you know, like you know, with the different materials, like what it happens if you light it on fire and what happens if you freeze it and what happens if you cut it in half? Like, that's what I did to gaslighting, mm. right? Like I didn't just take the definition that there was and then just kind of like build on, I, I dissected it. Yeah. Right? Like, like I want to know all the working parts of this cog, you know, like a grandfather clock, there are so many clogs. Um, so that's kind of the background. Um, but so my definition, I also wanted to make it easy to remember because some of them are very technical. Like, you know, you're going to find it in like the DSM or whatever, DSM five or six or whatever number we're on now. Um, right. Like it, so I wanted to make it more easy to remember. So my definition is when one person or group of people convinces another person that what they perceive, believe, think, or feel is inaccurate or invalid. So a lot of the other definitions that are out there are, are really about the gaslighter and their motive to control the other person and all of, I'm not worried about that. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause that's very complex and it takes a lot of work and, and it's where inauthentic power is, is trying to understand a lot of that. Our authentic power when it comes to gaslighting is looking at what happens inside of us when a gaslighting behavior happens. That's so good. Yeah, that is so good because that is such a precise definition. It just it hits it hits it on the head because a lot of times we do, you know, our, our brains naturally want to make sense of things, right? Like, why are we going through this? Why yep. is this person doing this to me? What is going on? We just want to make sense of things. And so we try to understand, okay, well, is he doing it because of this or this? Is there this going on? Is there controls or insecurity? You know, all the things, right? So you're trying to figure it out. Why is he, instead of really focusing, okay, well, what am I going to do with it now? (laughs) It's happening, right? And so now what are we going to do with it? 
Yeah. And not just what are we going to do with it, but we actually, with the work that I do, I actually call that the explanation trap, which goes with the negotiation, the negotiation trap, which is not negotiating with the other person. It's negotiating with yourself, Mm. kind of like bargaining in the, you know, the grief cycle. It's very similar. So what happens is not only do we, okay, what we don't focus on what happens next, but we're so worried about trying to figure out why somebody might be doing something. We actually disconnect from our feelings and being like, regardless of the reason why I'm not being loved well. In fact, this is either borderline abusive or outright abusive, right? Wherever the experience is on that continuum, we actually distance ourselves from our feelings by, by so focusing on that explanation of why, why are they doing this? So yeah, you, you hit that on the head. Yeah. So, you know, gaslighting is kind of one of those terms like narcissism and other things that we just hear. They're just these buzzwords right now. Right. And they're everywhere on all the memes, on posts and just all over the place. So what do you see? Like when you're kind of scrolling through and you see all these different things, what do you see that people are kind of getting right with it or wrong with it? Can you clarify some of that for us? Absolutely. Um, I love, um, I love that question because I I get, I get worked up. (laughs) I get really worked up because, you know, as a gaslighting specialist, of course I follow the the hashtag gaslighting. And I would say at least 90% of the the memes or posts or whatever it might be really kind of have this one focus. And and that is the part that, that they get right. Right. Which is many of the sayings that somebody might say, um, when they are um, doing a gaslighting behavior, right? So they might say, oh, you know, you're overreacting or, you know, just some of the common phrases. It's very easy to find that stuff these days. They're also really pretty good at um, putting out different memes or posts about signs of a gaslighting relationship, like confusion or different, right? Like these different things. So they're getting that right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Do you see anything that's kind of what they might not be getting right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Some people that are really trying to figure this thing out. Yes. Um, first of all, that to me, that, that focus um, is while it's helpful, it's overpowering and it's negative. Right. Um, what I believe that does is it puts the focus all on the the person who's doing the gaslighting behavior. And there's not so much out there about, okay, so how do I not get gaslit? Right. right? Like, how do I protect myself? How can I, um, what, what are the, the traps that I fall into? Right. Like I, I like to use the, um, you know, go to some Greek mythology and use the Achilles heel, right? We all have Achilles heels, things that make us vulnerable to gaslighting behaviors, um, and, and if we don't figure out what those are, we can be susceptible. So that's, that's one of the biggest things that they're getting wrong is that that focus isn't on, um, what the solution is. And so when that, what that does is it keeps people really in this mindset of, um, you know, my gaslighter broke me and I'm now, now I'm no good to anybody. And, you know, all of these kinds of things. And while that may be us for a season, I love how Vicki Tittle Palmer said in her book, um, you know, we start out as victims, but being a victim is an experience in a moment in time. 
Yeah. It's not meant to be something that we take on as an identity. Mm-hmm. And I believe a lot of those memes and messages out there perpetuate that feeling of being a victim. Yeah. And I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to validate because we do, we absolutely do start out as victims if we're experiencing gaslighting, but we don't want to stay there. Yeah. So. yeah, absolutely. We need some hope to get out. Yes. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier, I mean, you've said experience as well as behavior. So um, there's kind of this definition of both it being a behavior and an experience. Yeah. Give us kind of a scenario of the difference between the two of those. Yeah. So um, again, just a little background to that is um, from my definition, when I say one person convinces another person, that's the experience, right? So for those who have never seen Liza, she's got beautiful blonde hair. So if I were to come on here and say, wow, that's, are you, are you a redhead, Liza? You would probably say to me, Sarah, like you probably need to adjust your computer because I'm a blonde, right? Like you wouldn't just, just by me simply saying something, I wouldn't convince you of that, right? So then they'll say over time, every time I meet you, right? Like I do this and I say the same thing, like you're going to be like, there's going to be one of two things that are going to happen over time. You're either going to be like, Sarah has something wrong with her eyes, or you're going to say, maybe I do have some red in my hair and I just don't see it because I'm so used to seeing myself as blonde, right? So, so that's, that's what we talk about when we talk about the experience, right? There is a gradual t- letting go of your perception that your um, your perception is correct, your feelings are valid, those kinds of things, right? And taking on the perception of somebody else, right? About how you should view the world, about how you should live, about what you should feel about certain things. That's what the experience is, right? So I came up with... Um, with this uh, scenario for our listeners, I tried to come up with one that wouldn't be super triggering. Um, So um, this is what I like to call deconstructing gaslighting. Someday I want to have a a podcast that's titled that. And this is all I'll do in the podcast is take. I love uh, it. Do it. (laughs) It'll be fun. I just, I just got to get there. I got some other things I got to do first, but um, so this is a scenario. Husband had a horrible day at work. So sorry, males, females, everybody gaslights on different levels, right? So just for this scenario, I don't want to make it be like only males. No, we all, okay. So for this situation, I'm using a male as the gaslighter. A husband had a horrible day at work. He got chewed out by his boss for a mistake he made that cost the company the account. Worried about the status of of his job, he heads home. When he gets home, his wife greets him with a hug and then tells him to help their son with his math home, with the son's math homework. And this is a normal thing that the husband does, by the way. He yells at his wife. Why do I always have to be the one to help him? Why can't you help him with it? The moment I step through the door, you demand so much from me, too much. It's not fair. I had a horrible day at work and now this why can't I have a moment's peace? If you were a better wife and mom, you would help our son and give me a break. The woman is confused. Why is her husband yelling at her? This is his normal thing to do. She's also hurt. Why is he saying such mean things? She starts to doubt herself. Maybe I do expect too much. Maybe I should pick up the slack and do more so that he can have some peace. So that's the scenario. So let's let's differentiate between the behavior and the experience, 
Okay. Because if we can start becoming aware of our experience as a gaslighting, as the person on the receiving end of gaslighting, if we can be aware of it, we can be like, oh, wait, no, I don't, I don't want this experience. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm going to let that arrow drop. Like I'm not going to let that continue. Right. So this is why we differentiate. So the gaslighting behavior. Um, so we talk about roles that a person can take on as a gaslighter. So in this um, scenario, the get, the husband takes on the role or plays the role of the victim, what I call the victim. And what he does in this role is he blames the wife for how he's feeling. He criticizes her as a mother and wife and creates conflict between her values, right? Her values of wanting to have a partner who does equal work in the home and also creating a home that her husband feels, right? Like these, these values get thrown into conflict by his gaslighting. So those are the things that he does. Okay. I probably could unpack more, but for the sake of this podcast, that's what I'm going to unpack. Um, for the experience, the wife becomes confused. To me, that's one of the main indicators that you might be experiencing gaslighting, by the way. The wife becomes confused, so she, so she looks for an explanation for her husband's behavior. This is exactly what we talked about, right? When she can't find one, she looks to where she could make things different, which is herself, Right. I can't figure out what's going on inside of him. So I'm going to look to me. So she takes on the blame for her husband. Additionally, her empathy for her husband having such a bad day causes her to disregard his bad behaviors and make concessions. She negotiates with herself. If I can make his coming home time more peaceful, he'll return to the sweet husband. I know he is. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And let me ask you this because with, you know, okay, so we all have bad days, we come home, we take it out on each other, that sort of thing, right? There's, that sort yep. of thing happens every once in a while. Yep. So what would you say, you know, kind of helping us, why, why is it so important to really understand the definition of gaslighting? Because, you know, that could happen here and there with just conflict in normal relationships, right? But the difference, maybe help us understand the difference between us just having a bad day and taking it out on somebody and okay, this is a gaslighting thing that um, is, is it more of, is it like a pattern of continued behavior, right? Is that what we're looking for as well? Or help us understand why it's so important to unpack. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if we take that kind of a, um, uh, that kind of a scenario, you're absolutely right that we're looking for a pattern, right? Like if it continues to happen, we would also look for escalation, right? Because um, gaslighting is something that happens in stages. So at first you might push back a little bit. You might be like, well, he was just a jerk and I didn't deserve that. But five years of that happening, you start to lose yourself, Yeah. yeah. right? So it might not seem like a big deal, But it absolutely is because every time we make a concession, every time we negotiate with ourself, we're abandoning ourself a little bit, right? So I'm not saying we shouldn't have empathy. What I, something I would do with one of my clients in this type of a situation is say, yes, we all have bad days and we all say things that we, you know, in this situation, I intentionally chose a situation where I didn't, don't think the husband was aware of what he was doing. He wasn't trying to break his wife. He was very unaware of what he was doing, right? We can, we can gaslight and be unaware that we're doing it, yeah. right? So what, what I focus on with my clients mostly um, 
I mean, I do work with the guys to try to help them not learn how to gaslight or people in general, but the majority of my clients are the people receiving gaslighting, right? So what I want to look at is like, okay, so have empathy, understand and say, you know what, I can really understand that you've had a bad day. Um, and it's okay if you want to have some space and want me to do the homework for tonight and all that kind of thing, but it's not okay that you said A, B, and C. It's not okay that you yelled at me. Why don't we take a little bit of time and then let's like, let's talk about how we can problem solve this together as a couple to make this moment of you coming home a little bit easier transition for you or come up with some plans where you can let me know if you're having a bad day and I'll have a different plan of a way to, right? Like whatever it might be, the point is you can have empathy and you cannot make concessions. Yeah. You, can, you can do both, but, but what we tend to do, especially as women, we've kind of been conditioned for a long time to just be like, oh, well, you know, the success of a woman depends on how much she is able to make her home a happy home and, you know, sacrifice and all the different things. Um, so it's instead saying, no, my, my, my feelings are valid. And I don't like the way he just talked to me. My needs are valid. I need to be respected. And, you know, like all of these things. So holding both of them. So why is that so important is because, um, yeah, we just, what will happen over time is we will absolutely lose connection to ourselves. To me, that's the more harmful thing about gaslighting than someone getting away with secret behaviors or lying. Yeah. Right. Like that's horrible and that's bad. And we don't want that. But to me, like I I had, I'll never forget one of my earlier clients that I learned so much through. She walked into my office so disconnected from herself that she could no longer tell me what her favorite color was, what her favorite food was, like all of the, she was so used to being dictated what to think and feel. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember, this is important too, I think for a lot of our, our clients, I remember getting ready to speak at a conference with my, my friend and colleague, MJ Dennis, and we were going to be presenting to other helping professionals, therapists and and coaches and things like that. And we we were talking back and forth and I had a light bulb moment and I was like, oh my gosh, I bet you, this is a why a lot of people have been misdiagnosed as codependent, Mm -hmm. right? Because it seems like they're dependent on their person for, for how to live, how to make decisions. And what they're missing is the fact that they've been so gaslit that they have been conditioned. It's not, it's not this thing of, Oh, I love this person. And I need this person so much that they don't even, they're not even aware because of the gaslighting. Right. So to me, that's why it's so important that we don't lose connection to ourselves because we can't love ourselves. We can't trust ourselves if we are disconnected from ourselves. Yeah. Wow. You, you know, you've, you've mentioned in some of your other work about the, the, this bow and arrow Mm -hmm. analogy. Can you share that with us? I can. Um, so the way that I uh, try to give people, I, I love using analogies because they're easy to remember. Um, the analogy of trying to understand why it's important to to learn and see gaslighting as both a behavior and an experience um, is because if you're in a relationship where there's gaslighting happening, it's like you're on a field, right, with the gaslighter on one side with a bow and arrow and you're the target, basically, right? Um, and you've been being hit with arrows and you don't even know it right? You didn't see them coming. 
you didn't even see them when they hit you. You've been walking around wounded, right? So now here you are trying to, you're, you're seeing the wounds. You don't really necessarily understand how they got there, but you're seeing the wounds and you know, trying to heal. In the meantime, you're still getting hit by arrows. So step one is really learning how to identify the arrows, right? You got the fire arrows, you got the, you know, the, the arrows that may be, you know, split up or, you know, all the different kinds of arrows. These are the different tactics, right? There's lying, there's coercion, there's manipulation. There's, I think I go through seven different um, tactics that are kind of like the arrows, right? Um, so once you can identify that arrows are flying at you, the beautiful thing about arrows is they can only go so far, right? And then they fall, they miss their target, right? Or if they're shooting on a certain trajectory and you can see it coming, you can sidestep it, yeah. right? And so once we are able to start seeing those arrows coming, we can learn, well, why didn't we move before? So we can actually step out of range. And one of the great things about that is that can give you the detachment that you need to be able to see if the person shooting the arrows is going to stop, yeah. right? If you're in the place where you're still being hit by them, your only, your only thought really is I need to get them to stop. I need to get them to stop, right? And so the, again, the focus is on them. But if you're out of range and you're detached, you can be like, okay, so now I'm going to watch. Is my person going to slow down? Maybe they stop shooting the fire arrows and they're only shooting the regular, right? Like you can see if there's hope and, and a real hope for trying to stay in the relationship and see if it can ever be safe, right? Or you can see that, you know what? they're not only not slowing down, they're shooting more arrows and different arrows, right? Like you have that detachment to be able to see that. And then eventually what, what can end up happening is, you know, the person shooting the arrows either uh, pretty much stops and you're like, yes, I thought this person could be healthy. I thought we could have, or you, the person gets to the place where like, you know what, maybe it's not as bad as it used to be but I don't like getting shot at. I don't like having to live in an environment where I'm constantly on guard, worried about when the next arrow is going to come. Sure. I'm not getting hit by them now, but that's so much energy. Yeah. I don't want to live like this anymore. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's so empowering to when you are able to start seeing the arrows coming, seeing them for what they are, seeing that you do have the strength to, to move as, as the target, to remove yourself from that, you know, and then, and then being able to, once you do that, I think there's more of a clarity that comes to be able to make those decisions that, that need to be made. Right. Because in the midst, it's such a crazy making cycle um, that you're just like, oh my gosh, I'm crazy. You know, I'm going crazy. What is going on? And it's really hard to make decisions of what needs to happen. So yeah, when you're able to really see those arrows, you know, I think that's, there's, there's, there's also grief to that too, right? When you see like, oh my goodness, this has been, this is what's been happening to me. This mm -hmm. is, this is, <laughs> this is not okay. This is unbelievably traumatic in a lot of ways. So there is that grief, but there is also that empowerment too, Right. Yeah. What, what in studying gaslighting for so long, what is one of the most important findings that you've come across in it? Yeah, I, I described it in a, um, 
<laughs> and, a, and a talk I did, uh, uh, I don't know, about a month ago, where for me, it was this, um, it was this gradual progression of, oh, crap, I've been gaslit. And then, oh, crap, I gaslight other people, right? Like, unaware, but I still did. My kids were one of one of the ones. But then the final one that really blew my mind was, oh, crap, I gaslight myself. Oh, yeah. Wow. And to me, that was a game changer. When I started seeing that I was invalidating my own feelings, my own reality, my own truth, because of the messages of people around me or my family of origin or the faith system I grew up in or whatever it might be, right? Like I was like that, that to me was one of the biggest game changers. That is huge. Yeah, that is definitely. Yeah. Um, You, you hear, you hear it so often, you know, when you're, when you're in the middle of it and you've lived with being gaslit and then it just kind of becomes your, your thought, your own thought process, Yes, you absolutely. ignore your own intuition, your gut and second guess everything. And then gaslight yourself. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think, you know, just giving my listeners kind of something to help them if they're in this situation to begin to heal from the gaslighting? Yeah. Um, what, if I could encourage people, if I could, like, if I could wrap up a gift and, and give it to people, um, it would be to, to not settle or make concessions, right? Like I think that one of the final healing pieces for me, which actually didn't even happen that long ago is when I stopped making concessions for other people, not loving me. Well, there is always a reason. And it often aligned with my values, right? Like I wanted to be forgiving and I wanted to display this character trait or that character trait. But in the meantime, I was settling for people not loving me well. Yeah. Wow. That, um, that's a huge realization. And I, what, what do you think would be, you know, when you start to realize, okay, this is what's going on in my relationship. This is what's mm-hmm. happening. And you know, really working through, and I I definitely encourage those listening who are seeing that this is something that they're into, definitely reach out to a therapist or a coach like Sarah that really understands this, that can help walk you through it, start setting those boundaries, right? Getting understanding of what's going on, because then you kind of get to a place where you do need to, you know, make that decision. Okay. What's what now with my relationship is, Mm -hmm. my gaslighter going to change is, is he going to get help is, you know, what are we going to do now? And do you see Sarah in, in what you do? um, I don't know, just any advice as far as kind of when to stay, when to go, that's a huge loaded question, obviously that only they can really truly answer for themselves, but you know, is there hope for the gaslighter? That sort of thing. Absolutely. Um, you know, one of the things, if, if someone's really in a situation where they're, um, they really can't decide whether they or not to stay or go first, the first thing I would look at is how long has it been? Right. Um, and, and what is the, the fishbowl that their person came to the relationship with? Right. Um, and if it's, if it's been a while, I would say at least a year, um, you know, and, and you don't see an improvement in two key areas and that's, um, empathy Mm -hmm. and taking responsibility. 
Yep. Uh, if you don't see a improvement in that area, um, if it's possible, usually what I try to recommend to my clients is to see if they can get a psychological assessment, right? Because at that point, I'm starting to look at, are there any, you know, more than just infidelity or addiction, but are we now going into some diagnosable kind of things? Um, because that's what kind of can help you gauge whether or not you have hope, right? Because if someone's not struggling with some big time, you know, personality issues or whatever, absolutely. I guarantee you there is hope. Um, I have worked with, with um, quite a few clients now on that side of things and I can see them, right? Like it starts with the bigger things, right? So they, they still mess up on some of the smaller things, especially when some of their shame kicks up or different things like that but they take ownership after the fact. And to me, that's one of the things that's a key difference, right? Because then um, one of the, one of the things I'll give you a little tool that I use with my clients, one of the simplest things ever, but it's so profound is when you're looking at the impact of what the other person's behavior is. And this is basically a scale. And on one side of the scale, you have uncomfortable and about the middle of the scale, you have hurt. And at the other end of the scale, you have harm. Right. So you're looking at if they are if they are still doing gaslighting behaviors, right? They're progressing, but they're still where where is the impact fall for you on that scale? Right? Is it is it make you uncomfortable? Is it hurt, but yet not to the point of harm, or is it outright harm? Yeah. And because we can't, what we what we don't want to do is get stuck in the what if game. What if tomorrow? What if, right? Because we can, what if ourselves into a place of really hard to heal harm? Yeah. We don't want to do that. Uh, But yeah, absolutely. I I can say unequivocally um, that people can learn. It's really, it's simple, not necessarily easy, but it's simple. Yeah. Um, But if someone is um, determined and dedicated, they can absolutely do it. I've seen it. Yeah. Wow. That's, I mean, that is hopeful, but what you said is so good. Just kind of looking for those different red flags and what, what would you say to help people from falling into that gaslighting trap? Cause it is yeah. still very much a trap. Absolutely. So we kind of already talked about one of them, which was um, making those concessions, right? Um, and and the to make it very simple, you know, we talked a lot about that, but very simple. You can ask yourself, am I focusing on intention versus impact? Just that intention versus impact and looking at that, right? Um, again, with the analogies, um, if someone walks up to you and pushes you and you fall back and you break your arm, you break your arm. If they left a, a mess in the room and they trip over their own mess and they fall into you and you fall back and you break your arm, you still broke your arm, right? So the intention is different, but even if their intention isn't to push you, if they don't clean up their mess and they keep tripping over you, you're going to continue to get your arm broken. Yeah. Right. So, so we don't, the one way to not fall into that trap is to not focus on intention. That doesn't mean we can't ask about it our focus needs to be on the impact and then we can consider the intention. But what we often do is the inverse of that. We focus on the intention and then consider the impact. So that's one thing. And the second question I like to give to people is, um, am I explaining away my gut? 
So good. Yeah. Right. Because um, we're so much gaslit around our gut intuition, right. That we um, doubt. And again, I'm going to quote Vicki Tidwell Palmer. She talks about um, trusting our gut first and leaving room for it to be proven wrong. Right. Which we usually, again, do the inverse of that. We usually doubt our gut and look for proof to make sure that it's right. She's saying, don't do that. She's saying, start by trusting your gut and then leave room. So someone can always prove you that your gut is wrong. So we're not, we're not hundred percent accurate, right? We are human, but start by trusting your gut. Don't explain it away. Yeah. That's so good. Um, what in your own healing, mm-hmm. what helped you? Did you have, you know, a mantra? Did you have things you said to yourself? You know, what, how did you come to where you are now? Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, when we look at the fact that um, gaslighting relationships happen in stages, so does healing, right? So when you first realize that gaslighting is going on, it takes a while for you to kind of basically stop those gaslighting messages from having power over you, right? Um, so I can give you one example. In my, in my um, first marriage, my ex, um, he would often complain about the way I dealt with my anger. I didn't think I had an anger problem, not, not at the beginning, right? But one, he poked the bear. <laughs> and two, he continued to give me that message, right? So he was defining me for myself. Wow. Yeah. Right. Like he defined me. Mm-hmm. And I and over time I took it on. Right. So as I began to heal, um, you know, those messages would come up every once in a while. Right. That's just one example. And I would have to talk to myself like, no, that was that was what he said about me. Right. So the mantra that came from that is I define me. Just those three simple yeah. words. I define me like the little bit longer thing is nobody else gets to define who I am. Yeah. I, I, I'm the one I'm the one who gets to define who I am. Some people think I'm intense and they think that that's a negative thing. I love my intense. I think I'm intense. I used to try to not be, but I actually love my intensity. Yeah. Be good at what I, what I'm good at. Right. Um, I get to define that. Nobody else gets to tell me that being intense is a negative trait. Yes. Yeah. So that's, that's a little mantra that really, um, that, and I, um, I deserve to be loved well, or no, no, no. It's not, I deserve to be loved. Well, I will never beg to be loved well again. Mm. Those two things. That is so great. I love that. I, you know, all this, all of this information is so valuable and so good. Um, you've said so many things that I, I'm just going to be chewing on for the rest of the day. Like it's <laughs> so good. And just to think about, and, you know, I love the, the questions to, to kind of help us question, you know, where we are and what we're thinking about ourselves and, and what we need to do with it. What is something, you know, just kind of wrapping up this podcast that you mm-hmm. want to leave to the listeners? What would you just some parting thoughts? Yeah. Um, well, again, because of what is out there, the majority out there, I want to counteract what's out there. And I, I would love to tell your listeners that you don't have to fear gaslighting. Um, not only can you heal from it, you can be free and I make up, have the healthiest relationships you ever have. When you start to learn about it across the board, the healthiest relationship with yourself, 
the healthiest relationship with your friends, your colleagues, you know, all of those people and the healthiest relationship with your intimate partner, just like across the board, it, 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 it impacts all of those. So you don't have to be afraid of it. I love that. I love that because there is that kind of doom and gloom thing that you see when you're reading so much about it and you're like, Oh my goodness, it's scary and big. And what do I do with it? But all these, these nuggets of wisdom you shared and just the hope and you don't have to be afraid of it. It's so powerful. So wonderful. Sarah, where can they go to find out more about you, more help, more wisdom? What's your your website? So my uh, website is www.sarah, that is with an H, sarahmoralescoaching.com. Wonderful. Um, Spell Morales for them so that. Oh, yes. So that's uh, www.sarahmoralescoaching.com. And then the word coaching.com. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being on here. I just appreciate it. So helpful. Thank you, Liza. It's been a pleasure.